Hey folks, you're listening to Service from Hell and we're breaking from the normal format because it's holiday time and this year has been crazy and we need a break too, but we wanted to give you a little nugget of something before we go off and eat our weight in chocolate or whatever else we're going to do during this time to cope with a crazy year. So we just wanted to thank you so much for listening. Thank you for telling your friends and thank you to our guests who have been amazing and we're just really grateful. We're coming up on a year. It is a year this month that we have been around and that's super fun to think about. So thank you for listening and telling your friends and all the things I've already said because I'm repeating myself. So we are going to release a best of right now as some podcasts do during this time. And then we're going to take some time off. It's not going to be a long time, but it's going to be a few weeks so that we can get caught up on other creative projects and get our guest roster sorted for 2021, which we are entering, which is nuts. And so we can get some listener letters up in the queue and just kind of get things sorted. We're going to update the format just a hair in the new year. So we need to figure out the production stuff. And yeah, it takes a little bit of time. So we want to give you the best quality always, minus the Zoom sound quality, our bad. Well, really, COVID's bad, if we're being honest with ourselves. Anyway, so in order to do that, we just need to take a little bit of time off from being live on air, not live, but, you know, releasing episodes and whatnot. We will be back. Don't lose hope. But we're not going to be in your feed for a minute. So, hey, during that time, tell your friends, tell your family members. And then in 2021, you're going to see a couple repeat guests who are going to do some follow-up episodes that we're really excited about. So listen and stay tuned for that. And, you know, you can always get in touch with us here at Service from Hell Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Send us your receipts. Send us your stories. We'll let you know if we're going to read them live on air. That's going to happen. Things are changing, but in a good way. Happy holidays, everybody. Again, thank you so much. We love and appreciate y'all. See ya. I always think of like stand up as um, the art of learning to fail gracefully. I, I refuse to answer any of that. And I don't want to get into the specifics of what we do or don't know or allegedly whatever. But I do. Why not, girl? Is Brian Callen out here fucking these little children? What happened, bitch? When I said this shit, I said, oh, Lord. Chris, they gonna after your friend. Boy, they going after your friend, Chris. Get on. Oh, Lord. Oh, man. Okay, so so you're like auditioning, you're going, mm-hmm. you're moving forward. So at what point do you do you feel like you found your stride out here where you're like, okay, because you you're repped now, and so do you feel like? No, never. No, I feel like still no. Yeah, we all hate do. it. Yeah, yeah. The only reason I like I wish I'd had more opportunity and better auditions that I didn't book. Yeah. So I could move on. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Like, so, I, it's not like, I don't feel like I've failed in a grand enough way to quit acting. Oh, that, what a fucking honest thing, Rob. That's so honest. Oh, I so, oh, I feel that in my bones. Does that make sense though? Yes. Like, I feel that in my, oh, right? like if I had like 10 up. network auditions that were yes. perfect for me and I didn't get them or get move on at all in them, I'd be like, maybe the universe doesn't want me to be an actor. Yeah, I guess I'm wrong. Oh, Rob, I feel this in my fucking bones, what you're saying. Yes. Right. It's so real because then you can, then you're like, all right, I gave it, I gave it a go. Like I'm not meant and to do And I got a this. shot and yes. I didn't get it and that's yeah. fine. Like that's yeah. not, Yes. that's the world. That's the way it goes sometimes. And oh. they're like, you're going to get so many no's, rejection's going to be so hard and all you're like, no. No, it's not. No. It's part of the business. We get it. And you can't get no's. I yeah. can't get to a no. <laughs> My God, oh, it's so, I could I could start crying, but that's not what this podcast is about. But that is so fucking real, Rob. Right? Yes, I so get that. That's my life. So, yeah, so you. <laughs>
<laughs> Rob and I are going to go commit suicide. Like, it's fine. There's traffic out front. I'm not going to go play golf. That's what I do. <laughs> Avid golfer. Avid golfer. <laughs> I made mainlining coffee to try and stay awake because this is where my life is now. Welcome to being in your 30s, folks. You never want to be awake. And yet somehow when it's time to fall asleep, all your brain can do is run away. God, it's good to get old. Do not make yourself small for a small person. Yeah, sometimes like in, in entertainment, you'll do something and you're like, oh, am I am I mentally ill? Is that how I... <laughs> Is that how I ended up here? Ah. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> oh Girl, the number of times I've looked around at the crew of rascals around me where we're all yeah. doing the same job. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yo, I'm not the odd man out. There's something about yeah. me that works in this. Yeah. So if I'm diagnosing everybody else, I myself yeah. am diagnosable. But sometimes I would work during the week, too. I would like work in the I would do morning news morning and and sometimes the noon news but i know i like this makes me so mad this makes me so mad because you're an artist like it's terrible yes you identify as a meteorologist but like you're on tv i'm not Mm -hmm. saying that that has more value than something else but like there is an expectation of a certain level of energy and a certain you know you can't look like you went out and worked the night before you need to be pretty at 3 30 in the morning Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. and to not pay them this is why a union has to exist because if they could get away with it they would pay 18.5 in perpetuity to everybody and i feel like now the starting wages for these jobs are still in the 20s which is if you just for inflation that is still still not livable close to not even close and you have a four-year degree you know these people have and student loans it's so true and nobody does know what they're doing in la nobody knows what they're doing in la so what is your when you say that, do you mean from a like a, a production standpoint or do you mean literally like all facets of entertainment? Uh, um, oh, I thought you were going to say like all facets of Los Angeles because I was like, yeah. Well, OK, great. And yes. <laughs> okay. um, I think it's I think it's production. I think it's a little bit of everything. I think, you know, really good actors have training and I think really good, like very successful, fast to be successful writers have a lot of good education, but also every room is different. Every production is different. Every show is different. Every executive producer or showrunner works differently. So I think that no one knows what they're doing and we're all just kind of making it up as we go. Mm, literally in the best possible way. Yes. Yes. Okay. So what's your least favorite of those five jobs? I had a job for it was like for a week. It was at a raceway in the Midwest, like a oh. like a, a stock car, you know. Yeah, it's called. It was in Knoxville, Iowa, and I was carried around me like a a bunch of sodas that I had to trek up and down the steps at this raceway in this in the fan stands. And you know, you just you kept walking, you kept doing doing hikes and kept step you know going up steps until you sold out of whatever you were you were selling and you got paid cash at the end of the night but it was hell and you were getting hit by chunks of dirt and your hearing was being like it was so loud all this all all the fans had earmuffs yeah or whatever those yeah well it's interesting i feel sorry for the same people that work at like the baseball stadiums or did or the you know any sort of any sporting or nascar or any raceway anything at all because 
those stairs. I mean, the, especially the people that are carrying the slushies. I'm like, it's not just the slushy that weighs something. It's all the ice that is currently melting all over their body, becoming water that is so <laughs> fucking heavy. That's got to feel great. Oh, well, it probably does feel good. But then just I would con- I would just start chucking it on my body. I wouldn't have lasted. You lasted a week. I don't think I would have lasted a week. Well, it was only like a week of, of the year. So it wasn't like I quit the job. It oh. just kind of ran up. But I, I remember dreading every fucking night of that job oh. because I knew I was going to get hit by chunks of dirt. Oof. And the fans were such like just low lives, just like you can imagine. I mean, they're going to a, a small Iowa town. And unfortunately, I think every job, you're either a babysitter or a secretary or it's both because then really? it just came. Yes. I mean, think about it. Secretary is mm-hmm. you're kind of taking care of things you're taking care and babysitter is you're taking care of people listening to all their whatever and gosh that's a really interesting theory yeah that's uh that distills working in general yeah okay so I can't interview your friends. What's the weirdest thing you've been asked whilst you were on the clock? Like at any of these customer service jobs, like something that you were like, I mean, you can. The weirdest you, thing I've been asked. Yeah. We've had some really extreme answers for this, but you don't have to. You don't have to make oh, one. from a customer or from yeah. a fellow coworker? Well, let's go with either or both. Um, so a fellow coworker asked me if I wanted to go do blow in the bathroom. <laughs> and I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> um, but you go ahead. You enjoy your time. <laughs> No judgments if you're out there and you do blah. I don't know. Live your life. <laughs> I don't know. Live your life. I wasn't interested. Uh, Same. Uh, oh, I just people have stopped offering it to me because I'm like, no, no, thank you. Like, and they're like, like oh, guys, she's not guys, fun. Kate doesn't do blow. Let's just yeah. get used to it. Just get used to it. <laughs> We don't so want to waste it on her nose anyway. Can I ask, was please tell me that that was at Applebee's or Olive Garden because I'll die. <laughs> <laughs> Swears, Applebee's. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm crying. <laughs> Who needs to fucking put... Who needs that much of an apparent at Applebee's? very intense and happy. Running those apps. <laughs> you get tired. Lots of people want more than one order of nachos. <laughs> I am crying. I cannot. Oh, I'm dead. Oh, that is so funny. Do you, are you still living in the studio on Hollywood Boulevard that whole time? Or what got you out of that? She's pausing and making a face and going, really? Do you want to know it, Kate? I do. I can't. Like, I'm holding it because I'm like, I I know you know this story and you've uh, forgotten it. And I love that I get to retell you. Uh, so I signed the lease on my apartment September. Your apartment being the Hollywood Boulevard September Studio 2nd. apartment that was ruined, right? That's the, yeah. the apartment we're talking about? Okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. September 2nd. The, the lease September 2nd when I get to LA. Okay. I move in October 1st. The third week of January, the following year, so four, four months, months later, yeah. I had been at the apartment by myself for the night and because my roommate was staying at her boyfriend's. And again, I sleep through everything. So I wake up for work. Uh, I'm getting ready for work. And I come out of my front door. I'm on the first floor. 
we had had windows that didn't lock. They were easily opened from the outside that we had told the landlord again and again and again about. And I, being 19 and not knowing any better, none of this was in writing. It was just a verbal, like popping into the office, like, hey, my windows don't lock. Thanks so much. Still don't lock. Thanks so much. If you could get on that, thank you so much. Never in the whole time I lived there. So I have no record of this. So our apartment was set up like Melrose Place. If you've seen that, there's a, it's two stories. There's a pool in the middle. I don't remember if Melrose Place is two stories. Who gives a fuck? There's, there's a pool in the middle. Show was All garbage. the units are around the pool facing one another. I come out. There's police tape everywhere. There's a detective dusting I her fingerprints. I forgot about like, this story. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I forgot about this. And I'm like, I go up to the detective. So now I'm like, what the fuck is this? So I go over and I'm like, Hey, uh, what's, what's going on here? And they're like, Oh, don't worry about it. We got him. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. What? We, we got him. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? We got him. No, I I'm coming over to you with no information. <laughs> so, uh, we got him. Isn't where you start um, actually. And I'm like, Go, oh. got him. Got who? And they're like, well, the Van Nuys rapist, he was living here. So then I, now, because now I'm like this, this is crazy, but I need to get to work. I'm late for my multi-level marketing scam job. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, I can't wait to talk about it. You have no idea. We'll get there. Like, <laughs> I'm late for my pyramid scheme, sir. Uh, <laughs> Gotta <so> go. <laughs> I go to the, the parking garage and it was like one of those parking garages where like the cars, the building's kind of on a hill a little bit. It, it's at Hollywood and uh, Formosa, if anybody's interested in the Southeast corner. <laughs> Um, I'm sure there's something for rent. (laughs) Yeah. It's one of those buildings where it's kind of on an incline. So the, the cars are parked under the, what the first floor is, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's like a little carport situation. I go to get in my car, there's police tape across it. And I'm like, um, I have to go to work like yelling at these cops. I'm like, I need, I, you guys have to get out of my way. Cause I'm like, I got to sell some shit out my trunk. (laughs) Well, and at this point I'm also like, I'm so desperately poor oh, that I'm like, that feeling is my, so specific. the front of my brain is not even like there was a murder. The front of my brain is like, I have to clock in now. I can't lose a dollar. Like I'm freaking I out. So you know? know that feeling. Ugh. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. So it's not actually the fun a- lean times that people talk about. This is, that's the desperate. Like I don't look back yeah. on those times fondly. I look back on those times and get sick. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, it was a nightmare. Nightmare. Um, so Ugh. I, I, I'm needing to get in my car and they're like, oh, you can't touch anything because we have to dust for fingerprints first. It's part of the evidence. And I'm like, uh, then get your fucking fingerprints so I can go. I literally said to the cop, I go, fine. Then somebody's got to give me a ride to work. I have to get to work. And they're like, okay, hold on. So they're like, good for you, Lisa. I don't know that I'd have the chutzpah to do that. Good for you. It wasn't even, I don't even think it was chutzpah. It was desperation. Like I was so broke I was like in my mind I was like just clocking every dollar I was missing I was like no so what had happened was there was a a guy who was a a grip on movies and he was going through divorce with his wife by the way he had two young daughters um he was going through divorce with his wife said to a co-worker who and the co-worker lived in my building said to a co-worker can I crash with you for a few nights my wife and I are splitting up the guy's like fine so the grip gets into this guy's house, starts doing like, I think it was meth. And the guy's like, you, you have to go. You can't stay. And the guy threatens to kill him, like pulled out a gun or a knife Ooh. or something. And he's like, I'm fucking staying here. You're not kicking me out. And he's like, 
allegedly he told him he's like, cause it was an old lady living in the next unit. And he's like, I know how this, these units are set up and I know where the gas lines are and I'll blow up this whole building. If you kick, if you call the police, if you do anything and he's like, I'll knock this wall out and I'll murder that old lady, like crazy shit. Right. Oh my God. He had been picking up hookers in Van Nuys uh, and then tying them up, torturing them. And by then, obviously, they're like, get me out of here. I'm not having sex with you. Uh, And then he was raping them and violently murdering them, like brutally murdering them. And the way they caught him, the Van Nuys rapist, was the second to the last girl he caught was dead and rolled up in a rug in his car that was parked at my building, by the way. Jesus Christ. Um, she was dead and rolled up in a rug. And then the, the final victim was naked and tied up. And he left her to go get more drugs. And she managed to escape. Ooh. Oh, and she, she, he had also had the last one help him move the second to last one's body. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, so this was all at your building. So does a cop actually drive you to your MLM scheme job? <laughs> no, they ended up like finishing dusting my car whatever i go to work i'm i'm sure you can already imagine what an implausible story that sounds like to be like sorry i'm late there was a serial killer in my apartment um (laughs) it just doesn't it doesn't roll off the tongue quite like traffic does (laughs) it's very on lisa curry brand though again like i told you at the top this is not a murder podcast and yet somehow (laughs) we told a murder story congrats you got one in I, I I loathe this job. I had to I had to do laboratory duty. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even catch Hey-o, that. Dad joke like what? He's here um, all night, folks. Yeah, um, so, like drain drain the shitter. Is that what you mean by yes, laboratory duty? Exactly. Ooh. Yeah. I'm yeah, so affected by smells. Like I can't. W- was that your actual only job there, or was that just one of the things you had to do? So like you would come in to the regional airline. You would come in and then your shift would start and you would just, there'd be a list of what people were doing. Okay. So you'd be like, you may be just like regular ramp or you may be in the back room or whatever, whatever. And sometimes when you see lav LAV next, if you saw lav next to your name, you're like, fuck. Oh my, (laughs) like, I'm not kidding. This actually happened to me one time. Okay. So, you know, remember time I was in college, St. Louis university living in, for, for any Billikins who are listening, I was living in Marchetti at the time. Okay? And I would take I would take the Metrolink, which is St. Louis Light Rail, to the airport to work, okay? Not every time because I had a car, but like often because, I, you know, it was just easier. Just easier. And, yeah. yeah, it drops you off right at the airport and it yeah. wasn't that far from campus. And, I, you know, it, it got a little sketchy to get down there, but I wasn't too scared or whatever. I grew up in the city of St. Louis. So anyway... Took the, I remember I took the train one day and came in. I had lab duty at at the job at the regional airline, and I was like, "Oh, why?" And I'm not even kidding. Like my second, my second plane of emptying the labs, I pulled out the hose after having emptied the lab, and a whole bunch of gunk no. spilled on me. No, no, yes. no. Yes. Oh, human I would, uh, waste no. all up on this body no. it was chester ooh. and chester as, as, for the listeners horrifying. who don't know him yet uh he's one of the cleanest humans male or female that i know and Oof. that is that is oh you poor it's thing a nightmare. oh nightmare. <laughs> i mean a most bunch of random people's poop and pee and I don't, blue 
liquid on me. And I just went to the the guy. I don't remember the guy's name, the manager who was on duty. And he took one look at me and he was just like, go home, just go home, go home. So I had to bring this funk with me on tell me you under the light rail. T- yes it was a metro night back. oh my yes. god chester back to, yeah, Wait, what happened why what was it like not attached appropriately was it not empty what happened yeah i think um you know i i honestly don't remember the specifics but i will say this and you know like i said trans states airlines has has shut down so <laughs> may they, they rest have the nicest airplanes you know so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're kind of rickety and i don't know about i mean they might have been secondhand airplanes i don't know where they got these planes from and why already asked you well actually i didn't ask you this uh have you ever been stiffed oh god yeah okay nightly <laughs> thank you thank you what do you think it is that causes people to get to stiff you at the comedy club they think that you know, it's like they think that they're in a restaurant and they're going to get the kind of service they would get if you were waiting on a five table section and, and you're waiting on at least 40 people, if not 70 people, sometimes a hundred, sometimes a hundred. So mm-hmm. it's like, and I try in the very beginning to be really clear that I was like, first round takes a long time. After that, I promise I'll be around all night. Da 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 da. Just be patient with me. Da-da. If I'm super busy, if not, I don't have to make that spiel. But if I know it's going to be crazy, but you know, people are going to be how they're going to be. And I think a lot of people make choices before they even leave their house that they're going to be unhappy with something. Correct. So, you know what, you can't make those people any, any different. And, you know, you can stereotype different kinds of races all you want, but honestly, like nowadays, I feel like those stereotypes are less true than they ever have been. I agree. And the people that I expect the least from usually give Give me the most. Mm -hmm. I agree. And, and you can't say like, any blanket statements about a certain race of people. No, just other not, than our, the Armenians tip 800%. But other than that... <laughs> Which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, not anymore. Like, I mean, yeah. I definitely still go into the into some things with like old school... Mentality. Mentality of like, oh, here we, go. here we go. But honestly, I've been more often than not surprised in a good way That's good by them know. lately. Okay. So it was a hot mess, but we were shooting on a street one day and we had it locked off meaning like combed off and we had security because we were shooting in a house. And so like neighborhood people could walk through, no, no big problem. And I was sitting on the back of one of the equipment trucks with the tailgate lowered, talking to some people. And this guy comes walking down the street looking like real, real fucked up. And like, oh, is he okay? What's up? And he ended up throwing up blood three feet in front of me. Oh my God. Yeah, it was... You know, and the problem had been before this, the Teamsters had been complaining, we don't have enough security. We don't have enough security. We need more security. And here comes this guy who threw up blood on tailgate. And it just like, it's disgusting. It's scary. It's enraging. And we were all watching dailies in one of the big conference rooms one night, most of the the crew. And so I had told our first assistant director about this. And she was like, well, you really need to go talk to one of the producers about it. So one of the guys finally, I know. Yes. She set you up. She set you up. That sucks. So this guy had like, you know, I think at the time, like the JLo tinted aviators were still a thing. Right. Sure. So he had on those. He had on lots of gross rings. (laughs) This is not someone that still works in the business. Like, and if he does, it's straight to VOD. Hello. Right, whatever. People, audience who doesn't work in the industry, that was a huge insult, what Michelle just said. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> so I go and I, I tell him what happened, and, and he like kind of feigns concern. I was like, oh, okay, you know, well, thanks for telling us. And 
So I go back to my chair and whatever, I'm hanging out. And then he has one of his guys come over and be like, oh, he wants to talk to you again. I'm like, ugh. This dude looked me in the face and said, well, you know, for more thought, it's like, we're working in one of the most dangerous cities in North America. What did you expect? I expected more security for that yes. reason. Are you yes. kidding me? So yes. what'd you say to I, that? I was just like, okay, you know, because sometimes when I'm on, I'm on fire with that kind of stuff, I can't say anything. <laughs> right. Right. Because I just, there's nothing I can say. But the next day we were having lunch, the crew. So it's like eight people. And our line producer comes out. Hey, guys, so these are the things we're working on getting for you in the hotel. It's your amenities. And these are what's going on with the shoe, blah, blah, blah. Does anyone have any questions? And I'm in the back. You know, mind you, I'm 24, right? First real big movie, Ray Liotta. And I raise my hand and go, yeah, when are we getting more security? That a girl. That a girl. <laughs> Everyone said just turn. So we we finished the shoot in Tijuana. We had yet another assistant director team change. And I did not make it through that one. They The producers did not like the questions I was asking. And I was so devastated when I found out because I, you know, it was like getting fired. And I had put so much into that. I was so heartbroken, but I would have called him out again any other time. Yeah, we used to. <laughs> I mean, we were in the improv streets. Oh, my God. Like, for real, for real. Every black box. Like, there was no L.A. improv scene until we helped make an L.A. improv scene. Like, I we feel that everywhere. way, too. I totally yeah. feel that way, too. feel that way because it was the truth. I mean, like, what, Fanatic Salon, mm-hmm. the original clubhouse where you had to, like, Walk up this little lock, oh, and bump your head on the pipes. Pro <laughs> um, yep. Squad Five would just like rent a theater mm. and just be like, "We're just gonna put up shows here." We'd be like, "Cool, we're gonna roll with you guys." Yeah. At the improv, um, that little lab space they had. I mean, there were you know when it, when people thought of comedy when we started doing improv, Kate, all they thought of was stand up. Yeah. Like, literally thought comedy, live comedy was stand up, and improv was like no, it was for, like theater geeks around. Like, now improv is everywhere. Everywhere, it's too. And bad. so it's stand- too- like stand ups yeah. in the improv spaces and 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 improvs in the stand up spaces. Insane. Yeah. Those those were like camps that just did not mix back in the day, and uh, we were out there doing it. Yeah, Neon Venus, all those. Little oh my sh- god, I forgot about that one. Oh my god. Yeah. So oh, R.I.P. We were, like, everywhere. We were. Yeah, we I think were. we we might have done like restaurant prov or what, we I sure did. Our first, show, our first show was some some kind of like yeah. what was that? My friend Rolls. Yep. Like, we, we were, it was like a city thing or something. I don't yeah. know what it was, but we just like up there performing. We thought we were part of some festival and like that wasn't true. It was literally right. us while everybody was eating and it felt like, it, it almost felt like a, a hall, like a dance yeah, hall. Kind of hall. Yeah. yeah. And Nathan's da- uh, godfather was in town and my parents were in town and we were like, this is the show, but no one was paying attention. Right. They were all <laughs> eating dinner because it was basically a wedding reception. Oh, I forgot there, about like, that show. Like, you know, hey, I'm a mechanic and I got to be <laughs> And they wanted us to do improv games. We finally like distilled our very complex, amazing form into literally like, give us a suggestion. Now I'm holding a wrench and scene. And they lived (laughs) for our like 10 second scenes. I forgot about that. Oh man. Yeah. So that's what I mean by like in those improv streets. Like now, you know, improv's all polished and awesome and it could be on Netflix. But you know, Mm -hmm. we were doing it. Yeah. Yeah, it was a grind. Not the same time, but different times of the year. And I got hired just to walk around. Nice. Yeah, it was super, it was super easy, but it was also 
funny because you look like a guest. So they would dress you in an outfit and then they would, you know, do your hair and makeup and everything. And then they would just have you walk and just kind of be there. So they were just like, we just want like a pretty person just walking around. (laughs) Caitlin won't say it, but she's gorgeous. So they just want like some hot chick like roaming around the property to be like, isn't this a fun event? I'm hot. I'm here. (laughs) Is that what it was? Yeah, she's not. She won't yeah. say this. Yeah, that's what no, it was. Actually, All right, you were hot. That thing was I. No, actually, I would. I would just take pictures of people. Like, I would because everyone was starting to only be there for Instagram, and so they had like all these really famous Instagram people who would come and wear these designer outfits and take photos for their Instagram and that sort of thing. So more often than not, I was p- taking instagram pictures of people and uh like yeah. they'd hand you your phone or their phone and they'd be like hey we're also hot take a hot photo of us being hot <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. okay great uh what's the weirdest customer service job you've ever had i would assume being a doctor yeah it's pretty weird yeah um okay you know, the, the, the thing is it's not just the patient care you got the business aspect to it and um you got interpersonal relate you got to manage an office and you know there's uh, all these uh, there's continuing education you got i mean there's the lobbying at, at the state and um national level for yourself i mean it's just like an infinite number of things you got to do all the time it just uh that was also not in the brochure <laughs> it, it would be nice if they would have had all that out there uh, in the in orientation the you would have been like oh no yeah, no, just no straight up you know yeah it would have uh, really maybe maybe I'd, maybe i would have uh, stayed in uh contract contract work <laughs> Hey, and in 2021, just throwing this on the end of this episode, if you know of anybody that has worked in customer service, because some of our guests have come as suggestions through other people. And that's always very interesting for me, the host, because I get to ask a bunch of questions to someone that I don't know at all. So it is fascinating. And industries are not limited to restaurants or medicine. We want to branch out. So come talk to us, whatever you do, if you interact with customers, you've done it. You're doing it. So let us know. Um, you can get in touch with us again at servicefromhellpodcast at gmail.com. Happy 2021, everybody. Wear a mask. the best can we say send her money she is amazing (laughs) i'm paying her to say this yes no seriously do a patreon or something this is so much fun thanks sydney i appreciate it thanks for listening and yeah thanks for being willing to be on thank you so much for having me and uh i think if you enjoy this podcast you should venmo kate because she doesn't have patreon yet okay thanks (laughs) i love you (laughs) (laughs) oh thanks for listening folks we'll see you next week